I'm Michelle Boyd, ex-careerist turned work-enriching life advocate. After experiencing burnout and craving more meaning, I walked away from my career of 15 years to reconnect to myself and design a work life I love. Welcome to the Well Podcast, all about work-enriching life. A place for droplets of inspiration, ideas to lift you up and make you feel well, well. Tune in to hear my guests share their work evolution experiences and mindset hacks from me, your host, trained coach, hypnotherapist, and meditation teacher, and founder of Floetic. Let's get started. Today, I'm going solo so I can talk to you a little bit more about the journey of possibly leaving your career and redesigning a work life that you love. In today's episode, I'll be sharing with you a bit of an intro to the work evolution roadmap, if you're not familiar with that. And we'll be digging in very specifically to the resources section of that roadmap. And therefore, out of today's podcast, you should get a bit of an idea of the resources that you need to successfully redesign your work life. And hopefully for yourself, get an idea of those resources that you might not have as much of as you want. So let's dig in. So the Work Evolution Roadmap, if you're wondering what is that, that is a roadmap that I put together based on my experience of leaving my career and working out what on earth I was going to do next. And it's the roadmap that I also work with clients who are going through the same journey. And if you want a visual representation of this roadmap, then you can download the free workbook. You'll find the link in the show notes should I leave my career? And in there, you will find the roadmap, a little bit more information, and you'll certainly have some supporting info for the stuff that I'm going to talk about a bit today. So absolutely grab that if you have not done so before, as it's a nice starting point if you are thinking about what is next. So the roadmap really is a guide. I think it's important to preface that it's not a step-by-step And there's six pillars in the roadmap, which I'll get into in just a moment, but it's not a case of you move from one to the next. Just like any form of healing, any form of getting to know yourself, and if you've done much work in this space before, you'll know nothing is linear. It's always a spiral and it's a spiral where you keep coming back to different aspects of yourself and exploring them from a slightly different perspective and through a slightly different lens. And so this roadmap with its six pillars are really a guide to some of those lenses through which you will look to support yourself and rediscover what it is that you want. And this really is the crux of the journey. And you may have heard me mention before that there tends to be two reasons that people don't walk away from careers that they're dissatisfied in, where they've got that lack of meaning and they don't know what to do next. And that tends to be A, because of money. And secondly, because they don't know what to do. So whether you find yourself toying with what's my purpose or something a little bit more practical, like what next job should I apply for? This roadmap actually guides you through some of those stages that you really have to explore. Because this journey is not really one of outward reflection. It's not about 
uh, what sort of skills do I have and where can I transfer those skills? And if I take my salary now, you know, what other industries could I earn that same amount? Um, you know, where could I use my leadership skills? You know, you can go through that process and that's certainly a process that a career coach might work with you on. But this is actually a journey into yourself. It's about stripping back all of the layers and working out what is it that I actually really want. And we use this process around career and work because it is such an enormous part of our lives. And it's certainly one of the ways that the things that we want will manifest outwardly into a very tangible way that we spend our time. But in fact, this process is one that you may use across all of your life, whether it's in romantic relationships, friendships, uh, where you live, you can really use it to ensure that you are designing a life that really does enrich you and enrich those around you. So what are the six pillars of the work evolution roadmap? So here we go. They are reevaluate, which is reevaluate if work is enriching your life. The second is resources. These are the resources you need to make a successful and fun redesign of your work life. And that's what we're going to be digging into in just a moment. The third is rebalancing, rebalancing your body. So you're actually in a situation to uncover what it is that you want to do and make good decisions. The fourth one is reconnection. It's really getting back to who you are and stripping away those layers of fake identity that society has put on you. The fifth one is reprogramming, and it's all about becoming the person that you really want to be. And the final one is reignite, and it's about reigniting that passion, that fire, that drive, which you might be sitting there now listening to me thinking, I've just kind of lost it. And I know that's where I was when I rewind back and it would be three to four years ago now, although it started in fairness a lot longer before that, of feeling like I was just going through the motions that every day was let's kind of get through the day. And it's not that they were genuinely unpleasant per se. It's just that it wasn't feeding me. It wasn't feeding my soul. It wasn't feeling that fire in my heart. It didn't feel that I was doing anything of any real meaning or contribution. And I've never really on these podcasts as yet spoken too much about my journey. Um, I tend to feature other people and they share their experiences of walking away from careers and redesigning their work life. And I certainly will share a bit more of my story another time. But they are the six pillars of the roadmap. So let's dive in to the pillar of resources. And these are essentially resources that you need to make your redesigning of your work life as easy and as fun and as safe as possible. Now, by no means is them necessarily only four, but these are four that I see consistently. They're four that you cannot get away from. And they're four that for me and my journey were absolute cornerstones of me being able to make the transformation and the change and the shifts that I went on to make. So let's dive in. So the first one is space. We absolutely need space 
for ourselves to go on this journey. One of the challenges that we have is that our lives have become so busy. And if you find yourself running from one thing to another, whether it's work, social engagements, picking up the kids, helping friends and family, running to your Pilates class, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're constantly running between things, you leave no space, no gaps for you actually to contemplate and to explore. And if you're looking to walk away from something, you really are looking to embark on a journey of exploration, which is why it's actually so exciting. Even though, you know, the fear rises and there's lots of things that we can be fearful about, it's fundamentally an enjoyable journey if you frame it as such, but you need space to be able to do that. And when I talk about space, there are four types of space that come through. So the first one is mental space. You'll know if you don't have enough mental space, if your mind never stops working. If you feel like you get into bed at night and your thoughts are still ticking over at speed, you've always got a hundred things that you're thinking about. You can never just quieten your thoughts. Mental space is a really big one for a lot of people who are in in quite high power jobs or very busy jobs or jobs where there's an awful lot of cerebral stimulation. And for me, mental space was a big problem. Mental space was a bigger problem about 14 months before I actually walked away from my career because I was in a a very, very intense period, an intense period that in fairness had been building over years. Um, And I did manage to to create some mental space towards that final year that I was in that job with that particular business, um, quite frankly, because I had to. But I was still very aware that the job in itself didn't give me personally enough mental space to explore what was next, which was why for me, walking away from my job was a really critical part of the equation. It isn't for everyone. And even though on days when we are sat at our desk and we are thinking, I hate this, I don't want to be here, I want to be anywhere else, the first thing that pops into that busy head of ours is, I just want to leave. It can be the right solution, but it isn't the only solution, especially if you've got other ways of creating more mental space. The second kind of space is emotional space. Now, all these different types of space are interlinked. They don't work in isolation. But if you think of mental space very much as it's your thoughts and your head that is really, really busy, actually your emotional space is more about your heart and it's more about you excessively feeling lots and lots of strong emotions. And if you're feeling very stressed in your job, you may find that you're feeling a lot of emotions. If the circumstances are not ones where you necessarily feel safe, you may be feeling a lot of that. But equally, when we talk about space, it doesn't only have to come within the context of work. So if you have a family life or a friendship life, which is actually taking up an awful lot of emotional space, that can also be a barrier because it means that you haven't got a chance to tap into the really authentic emotions that sip a bit more deeply inside of you and will guide you towards what is next for you, or what are the right choices to make. The third kind of space is physical space. 
And this is us actually being able to find some space for us to connect to ourselves in. This one actually wasn't a problem for me because I had my own one bedroom flat and I lived in it on my own um, and I still do. And so I actually had a really beautiful space, very much curated, created exactly in my style where I could spend time contemplating and exploring. And I obviously feel that I live in a, a very beautiful part of the world and I'll buy a busy beach, Bondi Beach, you can still always find a little corner of sand or grass to sit, get some fresh air and to contemplate. But if your home life or your office life or the place that you've chosen to be doesn't give you enough physical space so that you can ever extract yourself and create some silence or be correctly stimulated by that environment, then you might find that you need a little bit more physical space. And the fourth type of space is spiritual space. Now, if you're listening to me going, well, look, I'm not spiritual and um, I'm not religious. So this is, this is not relevant to me. It is relevant to everyone. Whether you choose to call it spirituality, whether you follow a religion, really this piece is about the connection to the inner self. It's being able to go into that space and have the awareness of what it is that you show to the outside world is not actually who you are. So when it came to spiritual space for me, I'd already been meditating for a few years by this point. In fact, meditating for me was kind of my savior because without it, it was the only thing that was probably keeping me really sane, which is why I'm such an enormous advocate for it. And I also don't really believe that you can go on a journey of rediscovering yourself and tapping into really what's deep in your soul and your heart without having some form of meditation in your practice. But it's worth considering how it is that you're able to create the awareness of your outer self and your inner self. So that's the first one of our four resources. It's space, including our four types of space, mental space, emotional space, physical space, and spiritual space. So the second resource that you will find if you're looking at the Work Evolution Roadmap is support. And this is quite simply about evaluating the people that you're spending time with and where they sit on a scale. Do they sit on one side where they are fully supportive of you going on a journey to explore yourself? You know, are they saying things like, I think this is a great idea and I'm really excited for you and I'm here if you need me and I'm looking forward to hearing what you discover. You know, are you hearing those things or are they on the other end of the scale where you're hearing things like, I don't know why you're rocking the boat. You've got something really good here. You're crazy to want to walk away from the salary that you earn or the career that you do. If you're hearing those kind of things, then they're not going to be encouraging. And the reason why this is particularly bad is every time you hear somebody saying those kind of things, they're going to continue to deepen some of the beliefs that you will inevitably have around why you should stay in the safe place that you are currently in. The place that doesn't make you happy, but it's safe because it's familiar and you know exactly how much money is going to come in every month and you're using skills and experience that you're really au fait with and it's an identity that you really, really own. 
So if we find ourselves surrounded by those people who are not supportive of us essentially just looking at other options, because that's really what this is about, then you can absolutely have a conversation if that's with your partner or family or close friends and say, hey, this is what I'm doing and I would really appreciate you being supportive um, because I'm going to do it anyway and I'd love to do it knowing that you're encouraging. But let's be honest, some people just, just aren't encouraging. So then how do you tackle that? Well, you just really have to readdress the balance, which means you need to go out and find more people who are supportive. And if they're not already in your friendship group, in your family, uh, in your colleagues maybe as well, then what you can do is you can go out to other people that are looking to do a similar thing or are already a few steps ahead of you. So moving on to the third resource, and that resource is inspiration. So as you go on this journey of reconnecting into yourself, of discovering what it is that you might want to do, you're going to start shifting layers. You're going to start moving things. And as you start to create that space in your identity and you create more flexibility in it, what we need is inspiration inspiration will start to spark those thoughts, those ideas, those feelings about what it is that I might want to do next. And this is where you will start to get an idea of direction, of perhaps a, a guiding North Star, um, and not necessarily the whole picture, but it'll start to send you in a direction that begins to feel good. And inspiration can come from so many places. So it can come from people And as I've just said, if you're seeking out people who've already done something like you've done, they're a great source of inspiration. And one of the reasons they're a great source is as soon as we see other people that are doing something that's different from our norm, it creates expansion. It shifts our perspective. It pulls other things into our view, into what we can see. And expansion is the place within which, within which ideas grow and they begin to sprout and they kind of pop up. So if you are surrounded by a world of people who have gone to university, started their careers, worked their way up through jobs, getting higher and higher up the hierarchy, gradually increasing their leadership, gradually increasing the money they earn, and they're buying the house, they're having the kids, then that for you is sort of, that's what you do. That's what the options are. There's nothing wrong with any of that, by the way. But what we want to do is understand all the other options that are out there so that it's much, much more expensive. So people are a great source of inspiration. But inspiration can come from anywhere. See where you get drawn to. You might want to read different books, listen to different music, go to different places or do different activities that you've never done before. You may also find that you want to loop back and do some of the things that you used to do when you were younger. All you're really doing here is shifting the energy of your ideas and your feelings. And as you bring new inspiration, new ideas, new energy in, you create movement and you will feel less and less stuck. 
The final one of our resources is money, good old money. And look, we can't get away from this because our world is structured that we need money to operate in it. And as I've said to you before, this is one of the the big things that people get stuck on as to why they cannot make change. Because they go, oh, my life costs X, therefore I have to earn Y. Um, and I can't explore X because I don't know what that's going to give me. The interesting thing about money is that whereas some of the other resources are finite and time, for example, our time is finite. There is no way to create more time. Money is not finite. Money just can keep coming and coming and coming. It really is just a resource, just an energy that you can pull more of into your life, it never actually runs out. Which for a lot of people is just something they can't get their heads around. But the reason that money is really critical here is that it can serve many purposes. So if you decide that you do need to leave your job to be able to satisfy perhaps one of the space resources, then obviously having some money to cover your living costs while you work out what's next is wonderful. You may, however, just decide that to create a bit more space, you want to be able to walk away from your job for one day a week and you need to just renegotiate your hours, but you still need a bit of money to top up that pay cut that you'll invariably take as part of that negotiation. Or maybe you realize, you know, especially if you're a mother, that you just need to spend a bit more money on childcare and give yourself a little bit more time. Or maybe you need a cleaner because actually you realize you spend a lot of time cleaning that you could actually put towards reinvesting in yourself in another way. Equally, you can use that money for inspiration because you might want to go out and retrain for something professionally, or there might just be a course or an experience that you want to do just for the sheer fun of it. And you might use that money to expand your network and the people that support you. So you can use it in so many ways. And making sure that you do actually have the resource of money in place and critically dedicated to this particular activity is really important. And you'll have heard me say before, I call this the fuck off fund. The fuck off fund is that glorious pot of money that supports you to do whatever it is next. You don't feel guilty about it. That's what the money's for. You feel like you can get the freedom that you're looking for. And critically, it makes you feel really, really safe. If you know that you need a fuck off fund and you don't have one, or you're trying to build it, but you're not getting quite as much momentum as you would like, then make sure you sign up for my free masterclass in January, how to build up, build your fuck off fund. And what we're tackling there is a couple of things. We're going to be tackling all of your money mindset and all of those limiting beliefs you have around how you spend your money and how you create money. And also the practicalities of actually creating a fuck off fund that will do what you want it to do. And if you're interested in joining me for that, you will find a link to that in the show notes. So they are the four resources that are important if you want to redesign your work life. So let's just recap them really quickly. We have space, including mental space, emotional space, physical space, and spiritual space. 
The second resource is support. And this is really important to make sure that we're not deepening beliefs that won't support us on our journey. The third is inspiration, because as you create space, you'll want to pour new energy and ideas into that space so that you can create what's next. And the fourth one is money. Again, just energy, just a resource, but absolutely an enabler for your journey. So if you've got this far with me, then I suggest you just reflect on those resources and which one jumps out to you that you just feel scarcity around and you feel like you don't have enough. And your first step to getting you on your journey is creating more of that specific resource. And here, my friends, is the great news. You can absolutely create and increase every single one of them. So I'm going to leave you there today. In some subsequent podcasts, I will certainly dive in to the other stages, the other pillars of the Work Evolution Roadmap, but I hope that was a useful way of starting you on your journey. If you are listening to this podcast before Thursday, the 10th of December, 2020, then come and join me and Stacey Demetrio for our live discussion around work-life rebalance. We're going to be getting together on a Facebook live to chat tips, tricks, ideas, and techniques for redesigning your work life in 2021 and bringing back in some of that elusive balance that we're all craving. As I said, the event is on Facebook Live, so you can access it via Fire Facebook or Stacey Demetrios. I'll pop a link in the show notes. And if you're coming to this podcast after the 10th of December, then you will be able to find that record on all of my platforms. So it's 11 a.m. Sydney time, Thursday, the 10th of December. Come and join us, grab a cuppa, and let's discuss how we can make 2021 the most balanced career year yet.